Yes, people, it is Wednesday, which means we are looking at the upcoming cards on Chin Check. So, we've got two events. Friday, it is Bellator 256. It's the light heavyweight Grand Prix. And, um, yeah, headlined by Ryan Bader and Lioto Machida. It's the second time these mofos square up. And, people, we are also, we are also looking at UFC on ABC2. Marvin Vittori against Kevin Holland. So, yo, there is a lot to go deep on. You know what I mean? These are big cards, people. So, let us get this popping. Okay, people. So, Friday night. It's another Bellator card. Right? We've got 256. Beta v Machida 2 And I gotta say The poster is a little weird Right The poster looks like They're I don't know Peeping through a window or something Right Beta going Wait What the fuck is going on in there And Machida's like Yeah That's kind of freaky shit Right It doesn't really look like They're just about to get it on But Yeah that's what's happening people So there's 13 fights Five fights on the main card And again it's taking place From the Mohegan Sun Arena So we will be looking At that main card Which starts off With a lightweight clash Between Dan Moret And Gotti Yakam Yamauki So Moret the hitman I wonder if he thinks he's the best there is The best there was And the best there ever will be Hmm Who knows But he is 14 and 6 Coming off a win in his last fight Which was at UAE Warriors 9 Now You know what I mean Moret He um, Yeah He's been in the UFC you know, I had three fights in the UFC, um, 2018 and two in 2019, right, he's for the UA Warriors, which was his last fight, a second round of win over Anton Shivanian, which took place November 2019, he's fought in the LFA, you know, RFA, he's fought in a few different spots, right, so, um, Yes, he's, uh, you know, he's got TKOs and he's got submissions And he's going to be locking horns, people With um, Guti Yamauchi Who is a 25 and 4 on a free fight win streak So, uh, <clears throat> unlike Marat uh, Gucci, he's fought in Bellator before Right, so he's, uh, yeah, he's been at the, the you know, the last, whew, I don't know, people, 
Like, he made his debut at Bellator 99 in um, September 2013. And, yeah, he's just been doing his thing since, right? So, um, his last fights were Darren Shawshank. Um, he won with a rear naked. That was December 2019. Before that, Sad Awad. He beat him via armbar in October 2019. And then Daniel Weishel. He beat him in November 2018. So, um, yeah. He's uh, been in there with a lot of big names. You know, he, he fought Michael Chandler, didn't quite go his way, but he beat, like, um, Adam Piccolotti, Ryan Couture. Yeah, some, uh, you know, some top contendors in the Bellator ring. And, uh, yeah, he's also got, you know, I think, um, submissions. And a lot of submissions He's got a few TKOs But yeah, submission does seem to be his go-to I think, uh, yeah, Yamamochi is going to get it done I think um, he's fought more regularly Fought more regularly You know, he had two fights in 2019 Where um, Moret His last fight, people Was... Um, yeah, I mean, it was 2019, but, you know, I I think, I think Yamamaki is coming off of all of that momentum. So, yeah, I'm going to say Yamamaki for the win. All right, so um, next fight is a featherweight clash for the women. We've got Olivia Parker against Kat Zingano. Right, so um, yeah, let's take a look. The Phoenix, right? The Phoenix, Olivia Parker. Uh, she's four and one, coming off a loss in the last fight, but the last fight was against Chen Chelsea Chandler at Invicta Forty. So that was July twenty 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 last year. Um, now before that though. You mean she was, um, you know, unbeaten in her pro career, right? So she'd had four fights, all one, you know, like um, two via submission, one by a TKO, one a decision, right? So she did that, a pro uh, amateur career, even. Again, she'd done very well over there. So, you know, what I mean, only one loss, but it's against a. Very good competitor. So, um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's not a bad record. Not a bad record. Can do can do a thing submission-wise. Now, the problem is, right, she is, um, she's four and one. So, she's had five fights. Has the old Phoenix. And she has to step in with the alpha Kat Zingano, who... She's 11 and 4, coming off a win in the last fight, which, uh, you know, was her Bellator, gay, her Bellator debut. So there she beat Gabriel Holloway. 
That was in September 2020. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, she was a, a big name in the UFC for a lot of the top girls, you know. Has a win over Misha Tate, Amanda Nunes, Rackle Pennington, you know, uh, Marion Renault. Right, so she's got some big wins. Uh, so, yeah, she's a she's a talent. Cat's a talent. Cat can get it done. You know, in TKO submissions, and I think you know she just carries a lot of experience. So for someone with five fights to go up against Cat, it's gonna be a tough day for it. Gonna be a tough day. Cat for the win, you know. Um, but that's the way it goes, right? So our next fight is in the featherweight division. You're Jeremy Kennedy against Adam Borix. Okay, so JBC, old Kennedy, he's 16 and 2 with one no contest. He, um, he's on a free fight win streak. Yeah, so um, not bad at all, right? Not bad at all. So uh, his last fight was against Matt Bassett. So that was in um, November 2020 at Bellator 253. So he uh, got a win there. Uh, his fight against Daniel Pineda was made a no contest. Um, that was in the PFL. Um, also in the PFL, his wins over Steven Silla and Luis Rafael Laranto. So, yes, those, um, which was avenging a loss to um, Laranto earlier on in the season. He's also had you know, four fights in the UFC, you know. One free and lost to Alexander Volkanovsky, UFC 221, Romero v. Rockhold. So, yeah, you know, he's been around, he's done his thing, right? He can win via TKO. You know, that's definitely a way he likes to get down. Otherwise, it's going to decision, you know? Uh, and he gets to step in against the kid, Adam Borix, right? And Borix is 16-1, and one, coming off a um, win in his last two, which was against Eric Sanchez, uh, Bellator 250. That was October last year. And Mike Hamill, who we just saw... Um, last weekend, so he beat him in August 2020, Bellator 243, and that was a split decision, has a win over Pat Curran, Aaron Pico, right, which was a big one, um, I think that was Pico's first loss, yeah, Pico's first loss, um, so, yeah, he's got some big, notable wins. He uh, made his 
debut for Bellator uh, Bellator 177 That was a Mar- no April 2017 With a win over Anthony Taylor So um, Yeah I mean I, To be honest with you people I think a Borix Gets it done Yeah I think Borix can walk away with the uh, with the win here, people. Uh, so we then, you know, we go to the co-main event of the evening. It's a ladies' flyweight clash. We've got Liz Kamush against Vanessa Porto. So the girl gorilla is um, 14 and 7. Coming off a win in her last fight, which was her um, Bellator debut. She got a a victory over Deanna Bennett in the third round. So that was September 2020. I mean, she's fought in the UFC. She's grappled. She was in the first female fight in the UFC. So, yeah. You know what I mean? She she's she's been there. She's done that. She's um yeah, she's won via uh, you know, jujitsu. Alright. So um I hmm I'm not I, I was thinking she was tenth planet, but I don't know. Alright, so um she does have some TKO wins. She was able to actually stop Jessica Andrade. Who will be challenging for the belt shortly. She's fought in Invicta. On Invicta 1. You know, she's fought in Strike Force. So, yeah, she's been around. She has been around for sure. You know, so, um, yeah, that's pretty big, man. Pretty big. Fighting some of the biggest names in the sport. Right, and um, she will be stepping in there with a former Invicta flyweight champion, Vanessa Porto. Right, Porto is twenty-two and eight on a eight sorry, on a four-fight win streak. Right, um, yeah, her last fight was against Karina Rodriguez. Uh, so that was November 2019 Adding Victor 38 She beat um, Yeah the win over Pearl Gonzalez was a, a weird one It was a technical decision Due to I think it was an eye poke It was an injury of some sort That was an Invicta 34 Beat Barina Maurice And Invicta 27 And Miliana Dudovoba and uh, Invicta 26 So she can win via You know, submission She can win via TKO She is kind of brutal She's kind of brutal She's not fun <laughs> You know what I mean? She's looking to fuck you up You know, she's got a win over Jennifer Meyer You know, she's fought Amanda Nunes you know, Nunes was able to get the win. She's fought J- Jermaine Durandamy, fought uh, Roxanne Modafferi. You know, um, 
where you know they've they're one and one in their little series. Yeah, she's fought some tough people, you know, Bob Honchek, right? You know what I mean? Some tough girls, man. And man, she is friggin' tough. I think Porto gets it done, people. Yeah, I think Porto gets it done, you know? Uh, and that leads us to the main event of the evening, right? The main event. So, we've got Ryan Bader against Lierro Machida, light heavyweight Grand Prix. So, Bader is the current, yeah, he's a lightweight champion, I believe. Or did he lose that one and he's the heavyweight? I forget. He is one of the champions. But, uh, yes. Um, I mean, people. Um, I'm not quite sure. No, he is the lightweight champion. No, he was the former lightweight champion. Right. He is a former lightweight champion. And, you know, Machida is the former UFC lightweight champion. So, former champions collide. Right? That's the big thing here. So, uh, yeah, Bader, you know, he's 27 and 6, won no contest. And he's coming off a loss in his last fight, which was the, um, yeah, the title loss to Vadim Nemkov at Bellator 244. You know, that was August last year. Right, he's had a no contest against Czech Congo, which was, yeah, that was a weird one, right, because Congo complained about an eye poke, but when you looked at the footage, there was no poke to the eye, it was very, very peculiar, right, Um, so he beat Fedor, he beat Matt Mitrione, King Mo, Linton Vassal, you know, Phil Davis, ah, some big wins, you know, he, he was fighting in the UFC, yeah, had some big notable wins over there, um, but yeah, Bader, you know, I mean, he's tough, Bader is tough, and I think in the UFC, he, he never was able to really you know, reach his pinnacle, but in Bellator, he's definitely been able to put it all together, right, so, um, yeah, he, he, you know, he can turn the lights off for sure, definitely do that, you know, so um, there is that, and he's going up against the dragon, you know, Leona Machida, who's 26 and 10, Uh, Coming off two losses in the last two, right? Which was Phil Davis and Giga Madsassi. Davis was in September 2020. Madsassi was September 2019. Both split decisions, you know? Both split decisions. Now, he's got wins over Rafael Carvalho, Vito Belfort. Um, yeah, and he eventually he was the former UFC light heavyweight champion, 
placed on the scene. He ain't placed on the scene doing his thing back in the day. You know, some very big wins. Right? Very big wins. So he's no joke. Definitely no joke. And he does need a win. Does need a win. That is, um, yeah. That's a big thing right there. You know, you're thinking, ooh, a loss could be costly. Could definitely be costly for him. You know? I don't know if, um, yeah, I don't know if they would cut him. But, hey, it doesn't look great. Right? Doesn't look great. So, the question is, what is going to happen? What is going to happen in um, in this rematch, which Machida won. Machida won with a second round stoppage of Bader. You know, so that was August 2012. Now, a lot has definitely changed. A lot has definitely changed since that victory. But, um, yeah, it's not an easy fight. Not an easy fight. And I think that, I think Machida could do it, right? I think it could be dragon season. I think, yeah, because I think Bader probably does better work as a heavyweight. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm going to say Machida gets the win and moves on in the light heavyweight Grand Prix. So, there you go, people. That's your Friday night. Okay, people. So, Saturday, we get our second dose of UFC on the big channel, ABC. Right? And, again, it comes at a very nice time. Right? Which is 12 p.m. um, Eastern. In the US, which makes 5 p.m. in the UK. 5 p.m. That is huge. Huge people. You know what I mean? It's, it's not gonna be no one in the morning start. So this is yeah, this gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. And as of right now, it is a 15 fight card. So it's another fat one, but this is Tuesday, so shit could definitely change. Shit could change, people. Uh, as of right now, right, I I know Anik is on the desk. Not sure who else. I think maybe Bisbing is there. I think Bisbing is there, but I'm not sure. Now, what I do know, oh. These 15 fights, we have some, there's some interesting matchups right here, people. You know, out of these fights, we have, um, gosh, four debuts. You know what I mean? Four debuts, and I believe three of those debuts come from last season's contender. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, and all of them had very good contenders, you know, so, um, 
it's good, right? So out of those contender fights, our first one, it's uh, in the featherweight division, right? We have got Luis Saldana against Jordan Griffin. Yes. Alright, so when we look at this, Saldana, you know, he's coming in on a 14 and 6 record. Four fight win streak. Which yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. Right? And um his contender fight was a third round, early third round stoppage of Vince Murdoch. So that took place on the 4th of November last year. Um, now, the other three fights in this four-fight win streak, all stoppages. You know, he uh, stopped Carl Whitstock at LFA 60. So that was February 2019. He stopped Romero Jimenez. That was fight series. The... Um, 18th of May 2018 and will shut that was a first round stoppage in uh, March 24th of March 2018 so there was an absence there was an absence which did make that you know contender series win yeah really good seeing the fact that you ain't only one fight in 2019. And then that was at the beginning of 2019. So to come into the end of 2020 and get that really good win, you know, got to give him props. Uh, so it when you look at the record, right, he's got wins via stoppage. He's got some submissions. And we've seen it, you know, he's come back. From two fight losing streaks You know, I think A couple of times he's lost two back to back But then he's come back You know, and I think that That shows That definitely shows a lot Right, and then to put together Four wins Get that contender series Make that debut So it's interesting So I think Yeah, he's definitely a good Prospect and he's 14 and 6. So it's not like he's uh, new on the block. You know, he's 30. So, um, yeah, he's had a little time in the game. But, you know, always oh, a but. He's going up against the native psycho Jordan Griffin, who is 18 and 8. Now, Griffin is coming off a loss in his last fight. That was to Yusuf Zalau. But I think we've seen how good Zalau is. He also had a loss to Chaz Skelly. Again, Chaz Skelly, very good. And Dan Eag, very good. You know, so um, he's also coming off the contender series. You know, though Griffin, you know, he came via the 2018 season. Right, so um, you know, when you look at when you look at all of this, so in between the losses, he, he had a win over T.J. Brown, so that was February 2020, 
You know, he fought twice 2020, got the win, but then, you know, in June it was the loss to Zalau. But those three losses, they are, um, you know, they they were all decision, all decisions. You know, he made his debut against Eag, and we've seen the punching power of Dan Eag. You know, so the fact that he went a decision with him, hey, that says a lot. That's impressive. Now, that was a 2018 EEG. So, uh, I, I, you know, Debbie EEG has grown into that punching power and changed a lot. But no, it, it still says a lot. Still says a lot. And, um, you know, I think Griffin, he's also, you know, he can win by decision. He can win via TKO. He can also win by submission. You know, so, uh, yeah, he's probably got more subs than TKOs, which, um, yeah, not bad, right? That is impressive. So, you do look at this fight, and it is, it is a close one. It is a close one. Right, you got to think. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. Now, when you do compare the two, they they match up well. Though, um, I think Saldana is an inch taller. So, Saldana is five eleven. Right, Griffin is five ten. But Griffin has a one and a half inch advantage on the reach, right? Griffin's 74 and a half and Saldana is 73. So, I mean, there's that. But with Saldana punching down, I think it negates that slightly, I think. I could be wrong there, you know. So yes, I you know I think they are well matched. I think, I think I'm gonna go with Saldana. Think I'm gonna go with Saldana to um come in and get the wind here. Now Griffin, he is definitely well tested. He's definitely versatile. We've seen that. As I said, look, those last three losses. They've all been decision. So, you know, I mean, he can take shots. He can go the full. He's got a good arsenal. We have seen Griffin make... He can make mistakes. He, he You know what I mean? Sometimes he can sit back too much. Sometimes he can rush a bit too much. You know, we've seen that from him. So, I think with the... You know, with the four-fight win streak, you know, and definitely that high from the contender series, I think Saldana is just riding that wave. So, yeah, I think he's going to come in just super, like, stoked. And fight, you know, he's fought in the apex. And he's fought in the apex very recently. So, yeah, I'm going to say Saldana... Gets to win But uh, it, it's gonna be an interesting fight For sure
So our next debut is Ignacio Bahamadias, right? He um, he's a lightweight, and he's gonna be stepping in against John Medesi, right? So La Jalia. <laughs> I don't know if I said that right. Right, so Ignacio Bahamadias, right? He is 11 and 3, coming in on a two fight win streak, right? So he's, um, yeah, he fought on the same card, right? He fought the same card as Saldana, uh, which was 4th of November. Uh, he beat Edson Gomez. Second round stoppage with a front kick. Yeah, so um, yeah, that was all good. Before that, he beat Chris Brown. Uh, that LFA ninety. Right, so that was September. So um, yeah, two months literally two months later, he fought on the contender series. So I'm a shoot. I I'd imagine he was probably a a replacement, maybe. Hmm, maybe. You know, so um yeah, you you know, look at the record. He's got a good few fights um by TKO. You know? Good few fights by TKO. And yeah, you know, he's like he keeps himself fairly busy. Fairly busy. For a a couple of times Last year, a few fights cancelled with and all of that. Right now, he is going in there against, um, you know, the ball John Medesi, who is 17 and 7, coming off a loss in the last fight. Right, a loss in the last fight, which was to Francisco Trinaldo. Um and that was March, March last year, right? Um, I think he started okay in that fight, but Trinaldo just seemed to um turn it on a bit, really. Uh, now, Medesi he is tough, right? So the last four fights, all decision, all decision, right? So, I mean, that that shows it, right? So, there was the Trinaldo loss, but he beat um, Jesus Pineda. Um, that was March 2019. Ross Pearson, July 2017. And Abel Trajigo, that was December 2012. You know, so they, they're all very tough opposition, now, like, they might not be, you know, top 10 fighters, but they're all tough, durable fighters. You know? And I think that's what you can say about Medesi. He's durable. You know, I mean, he, he's always in your face, coming at you. you know? And it takes a lot to put him away. Like Lando Venata has to bring out a wheel kick, you know, to, to get it done. Right, so um, yeah, he's fought a lot of tough people. You know, Venada. He's fought Donald Cerrone. You know, Yancy Madeiras. You know, I mean, he's fought some tough guys. 
and he's been around for a goddamn while. Been around for a while, made his UFC debut in uh, December 2010. All right, so, um, yeah, I think that says a lot about Medesi. He's tough, he's durable. But I'm gonna go with Bahama Diaz. You know, I'm gonna go with Bahama Diaz here. Um yeah. I don't know, right? So I think Bahama Diaz he comes in, he's got a five inch height advantage. He's six three, Medesi is five eight. Right, he's also got a seven and a half inch reach advantage, seventy five and a half to Medesi's sixty eight. You know, the legs again. He's forty two. Medesi's thirty eight and a half. So he he's got that length, and um, if he can fight at that length. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that will, you know, I think that will say a lot So when you look at the stats, he lands a lot He lands, you know, the higher percentage of significant strikes um, And just strikes, you know, Medesi, with the way he fights, he absorbs more strikes because as I said, look, he he will come forward. Like his nickname is the Ball. You know, what I mean? so obviously, right? So yeah, you you look at that. So um, Bahamian Diaz, he does have a, a very good takedown defense. Supposedly hundred percent. You know, so you know, there's that. But Medesi doesn't necessarily always look for that takedown. So you know. But yeah, I'm going to say Bahama Diaz is going to be able to um, get it done. Definitely a tough. <laughs> it is definitely a tough debut. You know what I mean? Some of you be like, oh, you're making USCD. You're like, outstanding. Who I got? You're like, oh, you got to go off against the bull. You're like, ah, okay. All right. Thanks. <laughs> So, literally, in the next fight, we have our next debutant. So, this is a ladies' bantamweight clash. And she took the fight on short notice. Yeah? On short notice, replacing Bay Maleki. So, I am talking about Erin Blanchfield. And um, the cold-blooded one... Man, she is currently six and one. Six and one on a free fight win streak. Right? And she has been really doing her thing over in uh Invicta. Doing her thing so well, she um she had a title defense, right? She was meant to be fighting for um the featherweight strap in November. But unfortunately, Pearl Gonzalez, um, she caught COVID, so the fight was getting rescheduled. But, yo, she got a call. She got the call before that. And it's like, oh, do you take that featherweight fight or do you step up to the big league? 
right? So she made that step up. So um, she last fought July last year. Uh, she beat Brogan Walker Sanchez. Before that, someone who's already made their UFC debut, that's Victoria Leonardo, right? And um, that was February last year. And um, then there was a Gabriella Guffin, um, and that was June 2019. So her one loss... And it was a split decision, and a few people do question it. It was against another UFC, um, you know, person, Tracy Cortez. Right, so that was the sole loss. You know, she's beaten um, someone who's looked very good in the UFC so far, Kay Hansen. She has a, a win over her. Um which was, you know, very early days for both fighters. So, yeah, you know, we, we've definitely seen the growth of Blanchfield. And the, the, the crazy thing about Blanchfield, like, there's been a lot of fights, right, where it will start off and you think, oh, this ain't looking good for Blanchfield. I think Blanchfield, you know, she might be facing um, a tough one here. And then by the either the end of that first round, she is turning it around or second round. She then just completely flips the switch and starts to grind. Right? Starts the grind. I mean, Victoria Leonardo started very well against her. And Blanchfield ended up head kicking her in the second round. I mean, that's how it goes with her. But we have definitely seen a, a solid, solid evolution in her skill set, in her fight IQ. I mean, you always knew she was going to get a call. You always knew she was going to get a call. I think I even said, right... Um, on that last Invicta card, the hey, that that fight, you know, it's been lost, but it's gonna get rescheduled. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if she got a call to the UFC before she had to make that fight, and that's what she did. So I am really, really looking forward to this one. So she's going in against the immortal Norma Dumont. And, um, yeah, Dumont, uh, I mean, very similar, right? Dumont's got a 5-1 and one record, you know, so only one fight in it between the two of them. So um, Dumont, she's also coming in off of a win. That was against Ashley Evans-Smith in, uh, yeah, November last year, right? Now, that was her second fight in the UFC, the first was to Megan Anderson, that was February last year, um, and she, uh, you know, that was just a bit too much, a bit of a tough test for her, so, uh, you know, I, I think that, that's a good one for um, Blanchfield, you know, because it means Demont, she hasn't had that many fights in the UFC, you know, so they're, they're, they're fairly at the same kind of stage with things, now, 
Dumont, she does like a submission, right, she's, um, yeah, her, her two stoppages do come via submission, rear naked chokes, right, so, um, there is that, you know, there is that, but I'm gonna go with, uh, Blanchfield, I'm gonna go with Blanchfield, because I feel that they have both fought a similar level of opponent and I think we've seen more from Blanchfield than we have from uh, Dumont not saying Dumont isn't good but yeah I just have a feeling that um, Blanchfield and she just comes with the edge and even though Right, even though this is a weight class, you know, slightly above where, um, you know, Blanchfield kind of plays, she trains with a, you know, a very good lot of um, fighters. Um, I know, I know, uh, Gillian DeCosi, um, she 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 kind of mentioned it in a thread when someone made you know the assertion that oh it's a shame that Blanchfield is coming in on short notice. She's just like yo, don't matter, man. She trained with some very good and um, bigger girls, and she still does her thing. So um, yeah, I, I don't really feel there's gonna be too much of an issue in that regard. So Blanchfield actually also has um, the reach advantage. She's a one each reach advantage, um, even though Dumont is three inches taller at five foot seven. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this, people. I am very much looking forward to seeing Erin Blanchfield. Yeah, come into the UFC and show what she has got. So, yes, it's definitely a fight to look out for. So, our last debutee is um, Alex... How do we say that? um, Alishkabab Kiriz Kiziv Alishkabab Kiziz the black wolf right he also yeah also came off uh the contender series he fought a little bit earlier though right he he fought on the 8th of september with a very quick stoppage on enrique shigomoto so um yeah 50 seconds into the first round he gets it done He's on a 13 fight, um, well, 14 fight win streak, but 13 fights in his pro career, you know, so, uh, yeah, not bad, right, not bad, you know, he's been um, doing his thing over in Russia for um, M1 and then Fight Night Global, and, uh, yeah, he's, man, he's won by TKO, decision, and um, submission, you know what I mean? So, yeah, he, he's, uh, he's done it all, 
I think it's always good to see people get those decision wins and a number of decision wins when they're coming with a, you know, a big um, unbeaten streak. Because I think when we've seen people, you know, they've been like 13 fights unbeaten, but they've been destroying everyone in the first round, right? You make that step up in competition and, you, you know, it's the chances of you getting that 30-second knockout it definitely drastically goes down. So I think you see people lose a little bit of heart, right? They haven't got, it's two minutes in and the person, the fight's still going on, right? So when someone's gone the decision, it means that's fine. You know, they're not going to lose heart if, you know, we're uh, in the second round and it, it, it's a little back and forth, right? They, they still got that, you know, thought in the mind that, yo, I can go to full. This is fine. I don't tire, motherfucker. You know, so, um, yes. This is going to be an interesting one for, uh, you know, the Black Wolf. Now, he steps in against um, one half of the Dukas brothers. Dukas brothers. Dukas. Dukas brothers. Right? And this time it's Kyle. Right, it is Kyle, you know, because he's the middleweight out of the two, and Kyle, man, he's oh, he's just as impressive as his brother Chris, right? He's ten and one, coming off a uh, a win in that last fight, right, which was against a Dustin Stolzfus, right, UFC two fifty five. Figueredo v Perez, so that was November last year, um, his one loss was his UFC debut, right, that was against Brendan Allen, um, June last year, and that was a, that was a close fight, like, Dorcas was in that fight all the way, I think it was just, Allen was able to get him down and keep that position, but yeah, Dorcas, yo, know, he, he kept Alan, you know, very honest. Very honest. Uh Dorcas, you know, he's very good with the submissions. You know, his last two were both Darce chokes. Actually, I mean his last three were Darce chokes. But he also does like a rear naked. Does like a rear naked, though, you know, you, you look at the record, he's got Five das and three rear naked. So um, <laughs> man, yeah, he does like a das. You know, in in the amateurs, he did go for a few different ones, right? He does have an arm triangle, and a uh, yeah, no, just an arm triangle. <laughs> that's just the that's the only other one he's gone with. <laughs> but yeah, no, he he's very good. On the ground, um, not so much with the knockouts. I mean, in the amateurs, he does have one TKO, but that's about it. It's more he's gonna grind you, get you down, and then put a choke on you somehow. Uh, yeah, that's what it seems like. So, um, yes, this is a 
It's an interesting one. It is it's kind of close, right? It is kind of close. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of feel that um, Kazivev, he's had more fights. Right? He's had three more fights than Dorcas. Um, Height-wise. Now, this one's a bit tricky. I'm not quite sure. Ah, no, I think Dorcas is... It looks like Dorcas is... God damn it, I had it for a second. Um, gosh, I mean, four inches taller. So Dorcas is 6'3", Kavivev is 5'9". No, that's more than that. 5'9". <laughs> no, I think it means... Um, Dorcas is five inches taller, I think, I could, I'm, my, my maths is appalling people, ain't gonna lie, um, and Dorcas, though, even though he has got a significant height advantage, only two inches in the reach, yo, he's 76, and Kavivev is 74, so, um, yeah, there's not too much in it in um, in that regard. So I think some of the other other things here. Um, yeah, Dork has definitely got the advantage when it comes to submissions. Um, it is tricky. I think it. We're, we're looking at Kavivev might throw the more significant strikes, right? But might absorb a few more, but does have the better defense, supposedly. It's tough. Um, I think... Uh, I think I might go with the Black Wolf. I think I might go with the Black Wolf. I think it's just a momentum thing, you know? I think it's a momentum thing. I think they match up extremely well. They match up extremely well. But, yes, I think um, Kavivev, he comes in just with the confidence of, I can't be stopped. Can't be stopped. He's he's not going to worry if it goes to the ground because he's got submissions too. But I think he's like, oh, I'm going to have the punch power. I think I bring that to the table. And he's fought tough people. Like, he's he beat Razumar Polaris. Stopped him. Stopped him, man. You know? That was the fight that before um, his contender series. So he has fought those that upper echelon of fighter. Well, I mean, obviously, Polaris, he is, you know, it is diminished in where he 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 was, but he still has that, you know, submission game. He's still stocky as a motherfucker, right? And especially when he's fighting at Fight Night Global, and uh, you know, he can have a little sippy sip of whatever juice passes him by. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go with um, Kavirev to uh, get the win here, but I think this. Is going to be a fun fight for sure, people. But those are our debutants on this card.
Now we do have two fights on the card which feature veterans, like wily veterans who have been around and done a thing against two up-and-comers. And I kind of feel this might be a changing of the guards moment. Right? So we start off with the last fight on the prelims. And it's a good one, man. It's a lightweight clash between Jim Miller and Joe Selecki. Alright, so um let's take a look at this one, right? Now, old uh, Joseph Selecki, he's ten and two. On a five fight win streak Right, so he came to the UFC With a first round stoppage of James Wallace On uh, the 2019 Contender Series He's had two fights Two fights for the promotion So he um, fought Matt Wynan You know, December 2019 Won via decision and got a first round submission over Austin Hubbard in August last year. And when you look at uh, his, you know, just look at the record, he does like a submission. You know what I mean, does like a submission. You know, and um, yeah, he's also, you know, got, he's got a TKO, but yeah, he's more. It's more like he's going for that sub And I think that That's going to hold him very well In this fight against Jim Miller You know, because Listen, Jim Miller I mean What can you say about Miller? 32 and 15 Won no contest He has been He's been doing his thing for a long ass time He's coming in um, Just off of a loss uh, Yeah, he's coming off a loss That was to Vince Pichel So that was um, August last year At UFC 252 Myocic free. Um, he did beat uh, Roosevelt Roberts before that A very good quick arm bar He threw on him um, And that was coming off a loss to Scott Holtzman But, you know, he beat Before that, he beat Clay Guida and Jason Gonzalez And you have to remember He's done a lot of what he's done With Lyme disease You know, and when you hear about Lyme, that's a fuckery's thing to have. You know, just draining your fucking energy. So he was able to, um, you know, have that, but still pull off like big wins. You know, Tiago Alves, Joe Lozon, Takarori Gomi, you know, Alex White. You know, he's been in there and he's done it. Danny Castillo, you know, Yancy Madeiras. He's got some big wins. Melvin Gillard, you know, Kamal Charus. He did also beat Charles Oliveira. Right? So um yeah, he's um he's done a lot. 
done a lot and he has you know it all started in the UFC for him UFC 89 UFC 89 Bisbin v Lieben right he got a third round rear naked choke over David Barron so that was October 2008 yo you know what I mean God damn, Jim Miller. Jimmy Boy Miller. And he actually started his career, started his pro career, November 2005. So, yeah, Jim Miller has been there. He's done that. You know, he makes the T-shirts, right? Oh, my gosh. So, um, yeah, you know, he, very impressive. Very impressive. But I think we have seen... You know, going up against some of these, you know, tougher youngsters. Like Vince Pichel, Scott Holzman, right? He he wasn't able to get it done. You know, from the people that are very, like, now Roosevelt Roberts is very good, but he is a little razzle-dazzle. You know what I mean? He likes to admire his work a bit much. But when he fights people that are just no-nonsense, you know, that that's where, you know, things don't necessarily go his way, right? Because they're able just to turn it on constantly. And you get that impression from Joe Selecki, you know, that he can bring the fight. And, um, yeah, Selecki likes a submission, so he's not going to have a difficult time on the ground. Because Miller is, I think Miller's a black belt, man. You know, Miller is legit on the ground. So, um, yeah, I guess I have a feeling that, you know, although, you know, Jim Miller is not a pushover. Not a pushover by any sense of the word. But, yeah, I think Selecki... I think he, he just has a little bit more Just a little bit more Now Height wise Selecki's an inch taller But um, Miller has Half an inch reach And um, An inch on the legs You know but uh, Yeah I think Selecki has The greater submission um, Aggregate um, yeah, I think, um, Selecki, he lands more per minute, and he, he throws more significant shots, I think Miller, he eats more shots than Selecki, you know, I think, yeah, it's a tough one, but yeah, I think this could be a passing of the guard, people, but it's definitely a fight, that it's going to be fun, right? And to pass that guard, you're going to have to work. Because Miller ain't giving you shit for free. You know what I mean? I think that is um, definitely something that you need to understand, right? So our next, our next fight uh, is on the main card, right? It is a middleweight clash. Between Smiling Sam Alvey and the Cuban Missile Crisis, Julian Marquez. Uh, 
So um, when we uh, when we take a look at this one, right? So Marquez, he is eight and two, and yes, Marquez is thirty, but like I I feel with the injuries and the whatnot, it means he hasn't had as much wear and tear in the ring. As some people So I think it should give him Maybe a bit longer On that career Depending on how he uh, Goes about it But I think we've seen He is very good Very good You know that last win Woo You know what I mean He, he got a very good Anaconda choke over Maki Patolo Right and that was February this year Now he did fluff everything After that Right Could have possibly got a date with Miley Cyrus And he fucked it up <laughs> But hey, That might make him hungry right That might make him hungrier Right be thinking Ooh, If I put on a very good performance Maybe Maybe I can resurrect it <laughs> That might be the thing but yes, we have seen him um, He's got good chokes Right, but he's got TKO wins as well You know He, he stopped Phil Halls with a head kick He um, put out Matt Hamill You know um, Yeah, so he, he's done all that He came via the 2017 season Of um, the Contender Series <clears throat> So yeah, we've seen that he has got a variety of, you know, offences, as it were. He's got different missiles in the tank, old uh, Marquez. Um, and yeah, he'll need it. Because going up against Smiling Alvi, he's 33, 14, you know, one draw and one no contest. It's been a bit of a tough time against, you know, the Team Quest veteran, right? So he's lost his last four fights, the last one being Ryan Spann in um, May last year. Before that was Kibson Abrio, um, Jimmy Crute, and Antonio Argerio Nagura. Um, he's got some good wins. He beat John Vellante, Marcin Pacino, you know, Rashad Evans, Nate Marquardt, Alex Nicholson, Kevin Casey, Eric Spicy, you know, Daniel Kelly, Cesar Ferreira. He's got some very good wins, right? Outside the UFC, he beat uh, Gerald Marshall, you know? So, yeah, he, he's beat some tough people. Right, but I think we we have seen Alvi be a little flat-footed. You know, he has been a little flat-footed, and and sometimes uh, he 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 doesn't know. Um, well, he can't alter the pace. You know, we we seen he can't like up the tempo of a fight. And he can sometimes leave his chin out there Which has, you know Has cost him a little bit But he He's always 
game. Right? Always game. He's he's gonna try and bring it to you. So there is that. You know. Oh, actually, I tell a lie. The span wasn't his last fight. His last fight was against Young Don, um, John Daun, right? Who's also on this card, um, and that was a, a draw. Right, uh, UFC two fifty four, uh, Khabib Gaethje, October last year. So yeah, he's coming off the draw actually, but yes, um, I yeah, I just think there's. There's a few things that we haven't seen change from Alfie, you know, and, and I'd say that is the flat-footed attacks, you know, it'll come straight on the line, not real a lot of deviation, the chin will be there, you know, just these things that he just does now, right? And he can still win for sure. He can still land heavy shots. Sam Alvey is no joke, you know. But I think those those things are now entrenched. You know, it's been so long. We're not gonna see any changes. You know, we're not really gonna see the chin tucked away. We're not going to see a load of great head movement. You know, a lot of really fun lateral movement in the cage. We're going to see the Sam Alvey we always see, which is good and fine. But against someone like Julian Marquez, he should be able to take advantage and um, possibly get that stoppage. You know, that's what I'm kind of... Thinking people, so um, they're both six two, right? Um, Alf Alvi does have a three and a half inch reach advantage um, on the hands at seventy five and a half. He's got a one inch on the legs. He's got a forty two inch. Um, Marquez does have the uh, KO advantage. And the sub-advantage. Um, I think we see that Marquez probably lands slightly more punches per minute. Um, Alfie might throw the heavier shots. But he does absorb more shots with, you know, his kind of march forward approach. So, yeah. It's it's an interesting one. It's not going to be an easy fight for Marquez, but yes, I do see Marquez walking away with the win. So yeah, that's our two changing of the guard fights, people. So there are two fights on the prelims, which I mean, it's very hard to call. Very hard to call. It depends which fighter shows up on the night. So we're going to start off in the heavyweight division We've got Jorgen de Castro Against Jazzy's Danu Alright, so um, Let me take a look at this one Right, so de Castro He's 6-2 and two, Coming off two losses Alright, so uh, He lost to Carlos Felipe um, October 
last year. And um, then there was Greg Hardy, right, which was May on the return card, UFC 249, Ferguson v. Gaethje. Now, he looked good on the Contender Series, right? He was in 2019 season, won via, um, yeah, a TKO in the first round. Really kind of put it on, Alton Meeks, man. And then his first fight in, he, you know, landed an extremely great counter Justin Taffer, I think it was Taffer's first loss, UFC 243, Whitaker v Adesanya, but yeah, then it's just those next two fights, they're very odd fights, right, I think he started well against Greg Hardy and um, Carlos Felipe, but just seemed to then not do anything, right, it was very weird, you know, he'd spark both fights very well, and then just seemed to stop, right, stop throwing kicks, just stop doing everything, so it's a difficult one, because on his night, he's a very good fighter, we've seen that, but if how dialed in is De Castro going to be? That's what you've got to ask yourself. So he's going up against the man mountain, who Jarjis Adano, right? Who is five and one with uh, one draw, one no contest. Um, he's also, yeah, he's coming in off of a loss and a draw. Right, so he made his debut against Daniel Oman Nekshuk. Um Yeah, that was people. Whew, it was a while ago too, right? It was February twenty sixteen. Yeah. And then he drew with Christian Colombo um September twenty sixteen. So he has been away now. Who knows, right? He had a cancelled fight in 2017, another one in 2019, and 2020. So, I don't know if it was injuries. Do you know what I mean? I think the fact that there were cancelled fights kind of every year kind of makes it seem it wasn't a suspension. But, yeah, who knows? But there has been an inactivity, Right, so, um, yeah, I mean, before that, you know, he was winning, he's won a good few via TKOs and all of that, so it's very similar to De Castro, very similar, but he, he hasn't, you know, hasn't performed, hasn't performed since 2016, so it's, how's this all going to be? Right, last time he fought was with crowds and everything like that. So he doesn't know what it's like to fight in this current situation. Although, I mean, that's going to change very shortly. But he he doesn't know. Hasn't fought at the apex. Right? And so it's with him, it's going to be, how is he 
gonna look, right? How's his stamina gonna be? How's his um, fight IQ? You know, how long will it take for him to find his range, to, you know, find the flow state, get in sync with it all? That's going to be the question. So, I think, look, it's heavyweights. So, anything can happen. But, <laughs> that's the big question, right? But. Now, um, yeah, Danu, he's got a three-inch Advantage with the height, he's six three. No, he's a two inch advantage with the height. He's six three. Castro's six one. Um, yeah, I think Danu's just got a half an inch advantage on the reach, seventy four and a half. It's got two inches on the legs with forty two. But um, yeah, I think other than that, it's very close. It's a very Close fight. Uh, I might go with. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna say Danu. I'm gonna say Danu, and I'm gonna say Danu short just for the fact being, De Castro. We've seen him just stop after the first round, right? So, unless he can, you know, come and knock out, you know, Danu. I mean, he's the Mad Titan, so who knows, right? So if you can do that early, but if you know Danu can get to that second round, then who knows? Because you know you'd think by then he should, you know, feel feel comfortable, feel back at home. And the Castro, we've seen him just stop. So if it gets to that point, then yeah. It could very well be Danu's fight. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say Danu. Because who the fuck knows? <laughs> who the fuck knows? It is, um, yeah, just a weird... It's a weird, interesting fight. All right, so we have that. Now, later on on the prelims, the... Yeah, the feature fight before the main fight... Um, we have Scott Hot Sauce um, Holtzman, right, against the gamer Mazus Garmont, right, so, um, yeah, this is a lightweight clash, and it's definitely an interesting one, definitely an interesting fight. So Holtzman, he's 14 and 4, coming off a loss in the last fight, right? Which was Benel Daush. And I mean Daush, he's just tough, right? He is tough. So this was in August last year. And yeah, Daush. And it was that interesting one because they were both going at it. And Daush just hit that spinning back fist that, you know, nearly fatarded. Uh, Holtzman eh, turned off them lights, but before that, he got good wins over Dong Hong Ma and um, Jim Miller. Yeah, so uh, yeah, he's been in there. He's done his thing for sure. Came to the UFC um, 
man, August 2015. Yeah, August 2015. Man, beat uh, Tony Christolulu. Uh, rear naked choke in the third. So, um, yeah, you know, he, he's got some good wins. Hey, you know, he stumbled a few times, but it, it's just one of those things. But we know he is tough, right? Holtzman is tough. And then you've got, um, yeah, Gamru, right? Who's 17 and 1. With one no contest. Man, he was coming in. Whew. He was coming in on a very hot streak. On a very hot streak. Making his debut. And it was a funny one, right? Because he fought um, Gorman uh, Katsadizes, you know, in October last year. Split decision. And I remember Katsadizes, he was like, I lost that fight. Yeah, it should have been Gamal. He should have won the fight. So, you know, I think it was a very close... That was a close fight. It was a close fight. I believe at the time, I did think Casadidas had done enough. I think he was just a little bit more active in that last round. I think it was that. But, yeah, no, Gamal, he's a tough dude. He's a tough dude. Um, and... Yeah, he, you know, he, he's got a varied attack. He's got a very varied attack. Now, I think in that fight against Katsadides, we just saw he didn't always pull the trigger. And he started it very well. I believe he, he put Katsadides down in that first round. Right? Started it very well. But it then just seemed to, he seemed to pull back a bit. Right, so I think if it's that fighter, it's going to be a tough one. But I'm, I'm imagining now he's got his debut out of the way. He understands what went wrong, and we're going to see possibly a very different, you know, Gamu coming into this fight. So I would say, you know, Gamu gets it done. But yeah, he depends if he's you know learnt from. The losses, you know, the loss in the previous fight, but I'd imagine he does. So, um, you know, I don't know, but we will see Saturday night. Let's say Gamu gets to win, all right? Okay, people, on every card, you know, there are gonna be those fights that you just look at and you think that's gonna bring the heat, right? That fight. That's going to be the fire. And, um, yeah, so these are my fire watches for this card, people. And we start off with the first fight of the night. It's Impa Kasanane against Sasha Paltanokov. Palanotokov. Hmm, yes. Um, yes. <laughs> anyway, it's him. Right, so, um... Now, I think the interesting one about this, so Tasang and I, he's 8 and 1. Coming off a loss, we know the loss. It was a crazy loss, right? But this fight, it's a welterweight, right? So he usually, you know, all these previous fights, 
they've been at middleweight. So, yeah, he's dropping down to welterweight for this one. So that, I mean, that's really interesting. And I, you know, we've usually seen him pretty big, right? He's, um, yeah, pretty big. And I think that may be slowed him down a little bit. And so what he found, you know, I mean, like, hey, to compete against these bigger middleweights, I'm going to be a bit slow. So if I drop down, that might make me a bit faster. That might be the thing. Who knows? Who knows? But he's only 27. So he's got time to play around, right? He's got time to play around. He fights out of Samford MMA. So you know that's a good camp. So, you know, they've been looking at things. They've been monitoring it all, you know. Um, and, listen, we've, we've, we've seen seen a lot from him. He came via the Contender Series. So, I mean, remember, he fought twice, right? Fought on the 2019. Then he fought on the 2020. And we did just the advancements we'd seen in that time period were huge, were huge And he had a very good fight Against Maki Patolo But yeah it was just that oh, That viral kick from Joaquin Barkley that You know stopped that Momentum Right but uh, yeah I mean He fought three times last year Right and the latter half Of last year in the face of Three months so I mean Hey that's impressive, right? That's impressive. So he is going up against um Sasha Palatanikov, right? Who is six and two. And he also um you know he's come in and looked very good, right? Made his debut at um UFC two fifty-five. Figueredo v Perez, November last year, and he, yeah, he beat Luis Cozy, man, he, he really did work, really did work in that fight, he looked very good, very good, um, so he's previously, you know, he fought a few times for UAE Warriors, yeah, Got a good, um, you know, win in um, September. Paolo Henrique, right? Did that, which then set him up for, uh, yeah, that Figueredo fight. I think that may have been on looking for a fight. I think we saw him on looking for a fight, if I remember correctly, as well. Might be a bit wrong. But, um, yeah. You know, he's new in his career, just like uh, Kasang and I. But, yeah, welterweight is, that's where he fights, right? He, he He's used to fighting in that weight class. So, it's, um, yeah, it, it's one of them fights where you think, ooh, huh, what's going to happen here, right? Because... He's he's used to the weight class, right? 
He, I mean, he's never been heavy, heavy. Like, the last fight, he fought at 182 pounds, right? So, not full middleweight. Uh, I think when you look at it, right? So, um, Sasha, he's two inches taller at 6'1". Um, he has the... Advantage by half an inch on the leg at 41 But Impa, you know, he's got a two and a half reach advantage at 75 You know, with the hands So I think it's very even, really, in that regard Now, I think it's showing Sasha has the the biggest knockout percentage Right, but Impa, you know, he's got the percentage with the subs and the defense. So it is a, it's a tricky one. Right, it is a tricky one. Now, one thing I think is there, like Impa doesn't necessarily, he's not high volume, not high volume where Sasha is. Right, so we, we do see that in the stats, and I, I wonder. That's the biggest one, right? That's the biggest one. Now, Impa, he, he he does hit hard, right? And we see that Sasha, he absorbs more shots per minute, right? So I think the big thing is, will this drop down to welterweight? Will we see Impa be, um, you know, a, a bit more fluid with the shots? Will he be throwing more? Will he be... You know, quicker I think that's gonna Be the the biggest kind of Telling factor In this fight It's gonna be an interesting One Right, it's gonna be because they, yeah, they're both They're both very good They're both very young in the game Um I think God damn it's It's a tricky one to call people it definitely is a tricky one to call. I think I'm going to go with... Uh, I think I'm going to go with Sasha. Just because he's... He's fought, he's he's used to being that lighter dude. And we see he's very quick. Does throw a lot. He is active in that regard. So yeah, I think I'm going to say Sasha... But it's a um, it's an interesting fight, people. It's a very interesting fight. So we then have a a lightweight clash. Literally the next fight, right? We've got um, sorry, lightweight. It's a light heavyweight clash. Gosh, I don't think either of these two. I'm not sure either their legs are lightweights. You know what I mean? We've got um, Dayon Young against William Knight. Right, so, um, yeah, it's a good fight, right? So, um, Sasida, that's Dayun Young, he's 13 uh, 2 with uh, one draw on a 12 fight win streak. Woo! 12 fight win streak, not bad, right? Not bad. Made his UFC debut in August. 2019 
beat uh, Kadidis Abergimov. Um, got a standing guillotine. And he stopped Mike Rodriguez with some ground and pound. That was December 2019. So, had a few fights scheduled last year that were cancelled. But he eventually did get a fight with Sam Alvey at UFC 254. That one ended in a draw. Ended in a draw. But, yeah, he has looked very, very impressive. Very impressive indeed. So he's going to be stepping in there with the nightmare, William Knight. It's 9-1, and three-fight win streak. You know, he came to the UFC via the Contender Series. And, you know, like uh, Kasanya, he fought twice. Fought twice, 2019, he, and he got a stoppage, third round stoppage, you know, but didn't get a contract, went away, did work on the regionals, came back 2019, first round stoppage in September, that got him in, got him in, and then literally three weeks later, he fought at UFC 253, so, um, you know, <laughs> It's not bad, right? Not bad at all. Adesanya v Costa was a very good card to make your debut on. And um, he, yeah, he won against Alaska Kamur, who we know is a good fighter. So, um, yeah, Knight, you know, he's got, he's got that power, right? He's got, won a good few fights via TKO. You know, so, um, yeah, he's no joke. Definitely no joke. We know he's durable, right? We know he's tenacious. And um, what's going to happen? Right? What is going to happen in this one? So, um, you know, Young, he is six inches taller at six foot four. He's got a five and a half inch reach advantage at 78 and a half. Half an inch on the legs. Um, yeah, it, it, it's very, uh, cool. you know, it's pretty close, really, stat-wise. Kind of, well, kind of. Uh, but, it, you know, I think Young has the advantage when it comes to, uh, you know, submissions. Right, he's got the advantage when it comes to submissions and everything. I think he brings slightly more to the table. Slightly more to the table. He's coming in. You know, just high. High. Right? That unbeaten streak. You know, and he's put in work in his UFC fights. He's fought on big cards. You know, so he's yeah, he's comfortable in there. He's comfortable in there. And I've, I feel, I feel that might be enough, right? I feel that might be enough. And, um, yeah, I think that might give him the win, people. It's an interesting fight. But, yeah, I'm going to say Young, he walks away with a victory. But, yeah, it's going to be close. It's going to be close, people. 
But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that fight for sure. So we then go to the bantamweight division. And we got Hunter Azur against the UK's Jack Shaw. Which, um, yeah, this one, very interesting, right? So the tank, Jack Shaw, he's 13-0. 13-0 on a 25-fight win streak. Jeez. Main <laughs> man. Which, hey, is definitely impressive because he put in the work in the amateurs, right? Didn't just jump into the mix. He put in work in the amateurs, which not everyone does, you know? So the fact that he did all of that, did all of that, you know, won, and he's got some good victories in his amateur career, you know, a lot of submissions, Varied submissions as well Which, you know, I feel that saw him very well in his pro You know, came to Cage Warriors, right? Went to Cage Warriors, won the belt You know, was a Cage Warriors champion So he he joined that, that league of fighters, you know, coming into the UFC you know, which is, you know, always a good one. And he's beat some people, man. Like, um, Nahim Hamendez, you know, who's, um, fought in the UFC. Right? Um, Vaughn Lee, very tough UK fighter. So he's fought some good people there. Made his UFC debut against Aaron Phillips. And, uh, got that second round rear naked choke. That was in July. That was in July. I'm not sure if that was on Fire Island or not. Ah, that might have been Fire Island. But, you know, Phillips, hey, no joke, right? Phillips, very, he's a tough dude. Very tough dude. So, um, you know, that was a good, was a good win. It was a very good win for sure. So, um, yeah, sure is no joke. No joke. But, uh, yeah, he's going up against Hunter Azur, who, um, you know, Hunter, he's 9-1, and one, right? Coming off a win in the last fight, which was against Cole Smith. Got a decision in September last year. Um, so he's coming off the 2019 Contender Series, you know? So, um, yeah, had a, uh, you know, got a good decision win there. Came in, beat Brad Titona, you know, ultimate fighter winner. Um, he did a, a slight stumble against uh, Brian Kelleher. You know, he, he was able to catch him for a nice left hook. Uh, so that was May. That was May uh, last year. But yeah, he was able to end the year on a high note with the win over Cole Smith. Um, yeah, like, I think Azor, you, you know, he's got some TKO wins, he's got a, you know, a couple of submissions, right, but, yes, I know, man, so when you look at these two, um, when you look at these two together, 
right? To um, break it all down, as it were. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, they're the same height, both 5'8", right? Um, sure comes with a 2-inch reach advantage at 71, and a 1.5 on the legs at 40. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, TKO-wise... Yeah, they they both got, you know, similar power, it would seem, but Shaw definitely takes the advantage on the ground. Definitely takes advantage on the ground. And um, you know, he's good movement and everything means he doesn't absorb many shots. So yeah, I feel it is you know, when you look at that record, when you look at that record, the confidence coming in. Right, he's a, a cage warriors champion. I think Shaw gets to win here. I think Shaw, you know, he, he gets to win, and you know, if he's smart, he'll call for you know, he'll call for a tasty matchup going forward. You know, what I mean, okay, so next up, people. We take the jump to the welterweight division. Yup, yup, yup. And, um, yeah, we move to the main card. Move to the main card. The first fight on the main card. We've got Platinum Mike Perry, Perry against Daniel D-Rod Rodriguez. This... Ah, oh, man, this is going to be fun. It's going to be fun, right? So, uh, Perry, he is 14-7. and seven, Coming off a loss in the last fight against Tim Means. So, that was November last year. Um, and he, he did get a win over um, Mickey Gall in June last year. As well, you know, he did a little grappling, right? He fought on submission underground 11, right, in uh, February. And he was able to get a win in overtime over Al Iaquinta. The only time we saw Al Iaquinta last year, which, yeah, that was a shame. That was definitely a shame. But, uh, yeah, Perry, he does like to scrap. Does like to scrap. You know, he, we've definitely seen, I feel, some advantages in his game. He hasn't been as reckless. But, yeah, Means did seem to have his number in uh, their fight at UFC 255. Um, but, yeah, Perry, you know, he's he does, um, you know, definitely got power. Yeah, you know, he, he definitely, you know, stormed into the UFC. He got some knockout wins and all of that. So, you know, we know he's got some power, people. Um, he, he, you know, he does. He's got some decent defense on the ground. Not really a submission dude, though. Right and uh, Daniel Rodriguez, so he's thirteen and two, also coming off a loss, and um, that was to Nicholas Dolby, 
Right, so that was uh, November also last year. It was an odd one, right? Because man, Dolby just seemed to... He, is, he had really good kicks. He had a really good kick game. So he was able to keep Rodriguez off balance. You know, but we we haven't necessarily seen Perry with that sort of kick game. Right, so I think Rodriguez, he doesn't have to worry about that as much. But yeah, he came into the UFC February last year. Right, UFC on ESPN plus 25. And he had a very impressive win over Tim Means. Then beat Gabe Green, Dwight Grant. Yeah, was looking, looking good. Looking good, but yeah, just... Yeah, that Dolby fight, just, you know, it went to a decision, but, man, Rodriguez wasn't really able to change things up enough to um, get that win. But he fights out of a good card, you know, fights out a good card. He he was also, interesting enough, on a 2019 Contender Series. Didn't get a contract that night, but, you know, he went away. You know, got a got a knockout, got the call. So, you know, we we know he can put work in. We know he's got submissions, he's got punches. You know, he's got a varied attack. Uh, it didn't show it as much in that last one, but you know, I do feel that you know with that tenth planet jujitsu, you know. What I mean? And, um, yeah, training with, um, oh my gosh, can't think of my man's name, the kickboxer, fights for Bellator, and he does MMA too, ah, shit, god damn it, can't think of his name, but I think, you know, um, yeah, I, I think uh, D-Rod, and he brings a bit too much for Perry. So I'm going to say he gets to win, people. Right? Imagine he gets to win. So that... Ooh. That takes us to a very, very fun fight. We have got... The returning Nina Ansaroff. Alright? So it's a strawweight clash. Yeah, we got the returning Nina Ansaroff... Against Mackenzie Dern. Ooh, what is going to happen here? So listen, Nina Ansaroff, right? The the streamer? That's the nickname, the streamer. Oosh. Not sure about that one, but very tough, right? Very tough. You know, ten and six. Um now, she's coming off a loss, right? Tatiana Suarez beat her in um, June 2019. Then she went off and had a kid. But in that fight, I think we did see that... I mean, Suarez did get injured, right? But if it had gone longer, Antaroff was probably going to get the win, right? So she, you know, she was in it until the end. In it till the end, we saw very good stand-up. You know, that's where she was willing to fight. Um, and she's got very good wins. 
very good wins. Angela Hill, Randa Marcos, Claudia Gadelia, you know, beat all of them. You know, she, she's been in um, Invicta, fought in Invicta 7. Right, so she's been around, done her thing. You know, and I think we, we've seen a change. We have seen a huge change, right? Early on, she, you know, she fought Carla Esparza, Barb Hunchak, lost to them. But we, we've seen a change in that style. We've seen a change in the style. And I think, you know, she trains at American Top Team. You know, she's, um, you know, married to the champ, to the GOAT. Right, so you you train with iron, you go and become a sharp, and we have seen that with Antarov. She has definitely got very sharp, very sharp. So um, yeah, she does have a submission in the UFC, but mostly she's gonna grind you out with a decision. So that's Antarov, but. She is fighting Mackenzie Dern, 10 and 1. And listen, people, I think we all know what we get with Mackenzie Dern, right? She is a whiz on the ground. A whiz on the ground. So if she gets you down, she's probably going to tap you. But what if she can't, right? What if she can't? So that was the big thing. That was the big thing, and against Amanda Rebas, who is also a whiz on the ground, you know, jujitsu lineage, you know, which is insane, right? We we did see a struggle, and we did see Rebas, you know, have that clear advantage on the feet. But what happens, right? What does someone who has a first to win do? They go around, they go away and they perfect those tools. So she moved to Rucker, Jason Perillo, and whoo, people, we have seen a huge, huge improvement with those hands. I mean, so much so, she basically stood with um, Verana Jejeroba at UFC 256. You know, she stood with her and beat her on the feet, landing some heavy shots, right? That's what she did. So, man, that that place where she was definitely struggling, just being with um, Perillo for a short amount of time, we, we saw that, right? And that fight was in December, so imagine what the hell she's going to be like now. You know, so I think if Antaroff had fought her, you know, back in um, 2019, I think she could have possibly won this fight. I think now, with this added weapon, with the hands, I think Mackenzie Dern gets to win. I do feel Mackenzie Dern gets to win um, but yeah, she she can submit, she can do a thing on the feet. You know what I mean? So yeah, we're going um we're going Mackenzie Dern people. It's gonna be fun though. It, it, it's definitely gonna be fun. 
Um, hey, because look, we saw what Nunez could do. You know what I mean? After having the kid, and Antaroff actually spat the kid out. So imagine what you know that's gonna do for her, right? So um, yeah, she's got the one inch height advantage and the one inch reach advantage. She's got a brr, one and a half on the legs. But it's, you know, it's pretty even, really. It's pretty even. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, in the other areas, Mackenzie Dern will do a thing. So, yeah, we're saying Mackenzie Dern, people. We are saying Mackenzie Dern. And our last heater on the card, before the main event, that is, is a featherweight clash. We have got. The almighty Arnold Allen against the super Sadiq Yusuf. Oh, god damn people, I am looking forward to this. And it's the co-main event, right? And when you look at this fight, you'll be like, of course this is the co-main event. It looks fire. So Yusuf, he is 11-1 and on a six-fight win streak. Right, and he is coming off a win at UFC 246, McGregor v Cerrone against Andre Feely. Andre Feely. So he did have a fight against Edson Barboza, but I think it was COVID stifled that one. So he only fought once last year, you know. But man, he's got some good wins, right? Got some good wins. Gabriel Benitez. Boom, put those lights out, put those lights out, got a good win over Shaman Moraes, you know, Suman Mokhatarian, came via the 2018 Contender Series, so, hey, you know, he, he he's good, right, not beaten in the UFC, and we've seen an improvement, we have seen an improvement, now, I think some would say the Feely fight, hey, it was, hey, it was a close one, right? was a close one. And when he can't knock you out, right, it, it sometimes can look a little dicey, right? I think the Marais fight, there was a point it was looking like, oh, how's this going to go? But he was able to turn it around. You know, so, yeah, he, he, he definitely always will threaten with that knockout shot, and, and I think we've, we've seen some additions, some advancements, right, he, he, although, you know, the Feely fight is a little controversial, it was close, but we have seen um, Sadiq you know, add some different stuff, add a few different weapons in there, now, what's going to happen when he goes up against the almighty Arnold Allen, 16-1, and one, on a 9-fight win streak, right, so, um, yeah, unbeaten since a loss in June 2014, which, phew, not bad at all, not bad at all, right? 
man, when you think that was a last loss. So, man, he was like a Cage Warriors champion. And, um, yeah, he came to the UFC in June 2015. June 2015. And since then, has looked pretty unstoppable. He's really just, yeah, done work. Definitely done work. I think there were, you know, people did wonder what would happen when he moves up a division, you know, a, a, a division in fighters. And so, yeah, he comfortably beat Gilbert Melendez and then he beat Nick Lentz, you know, not really any trouble in either fight. And there's no disrespect to those fighters, but they are very good. But we saw Allen just be able to turn it on. You know, he really utilized the jab very well. Fast hands, always staying sharp, right? Never a, a falter, really. Never a lackadaisical moment. And I think that's the big thing in this. You know, I, I, I think he's, um, you know, too astute to get lulled in to being caught with a big hand. His defense is very good. Very good. So I, I, I think I think he gets the win here and and that puts him in very good position. And that puts him in a very good position to call for a big fight. Right? He calls for a big fight. And, you know, it, it would not be surprising if we saw Arnold Allen fight for the title at the end of the year. I mean, it is a featherweight division. So it does. Like, the tricky thing with this would be the fact, you know, Volkanovski is now fighting Ortega on the. You know, the end of the new season of the Ultimate Fighter. So there is that. And then the winner of that fight will most likely fight Max Holloway. Right? That will most likely happen. So, it all depends on the frequency of those fights. Right? So, he could... Alan, if he stays... You know, sharp if he stays on point, could fight for the title end of this year, possibly beginning of next. But yeah, I think Allen has got that ability. I'm calling Arnold Allen getting the win. I mean, he fights out a tri-star, right? He's got you know I mean those motherfuckers on his on his back fight and training with George St. Pierre, Faras Zahabi. You know what I mean? Hey, Arnold Allen is a threat. To the featherweight division So yeah Very good co-main event people Very good co-main event And um, yeah that's the end of our heaters So our main event people It is a middleweight clash And it's a good fight It's a good fight Which is great because You know it was meant to be Darren Till Meant to be Darren Till, but unfortunately, he uh, broke his collarbone, which, whoosh, not a fun injury at all. I mean, not that most injuries are fun, but that's definitely not any fun. So, um, yes, 
Vittori gets Kevin Holland, who um, steps in on short notice. Um, and people, people, whew, I mean, Marvin Vittori, he is a monster. The Italian dream, right? He is 16 3 and 1 on a four fight win streak. You know, last fight was um, over Jack Hermanson, and that was December 2020. He beat Carl Robertson before then, Andrew Sanchez, and um, Cesar Ferreira. So he really bounced back after he's lost to Israel Adesanya, right? Which it was a split decision, but I mean, Israel won that fight. Israel won that fight. Uh, you know, he's been in the UFC since UFC 202, right? August 2016. He beat Alberto Uda. Right? Um, yeah, he lost to Antonio Caesar, Antonio Carlos Jr., Two Face. You know, but then beat Vida Miranda. Got a draw with Amari Akhmadev. Lost to Adesanya. And then he's just been doing it. Right? But we, we've definitely seen a change. Definitely seen a change and a ferocity, a ferocity. And we know his goal, his goal is to get back and fight Adesanya again. Because he feels that he was robbed in that first fight. Feels he was robbed. So, you know, he wants to show the world that he... He will fuck up Adesanya. <laughs> That's what he believes. Which, hey, you know what I mean? People, they got you gotta believe in yourself, right? Gotta believe in yourself. Or well, what's the point? But uh yeah, we have seen him really up the intensity of late. You know, so um, you know, he got a rear naked choke over Robeson, you know. Um, he got a guillotine over Uda. Yeah, but it's usually, you know, there was a few stoppages earlier on in his career, but it's usually been a decision situation. No TKOs. Right? And he did throw some big shots at Hermanson, but Hermanson was able to stick in there. And you know. Right, you know that after um, Holland's fight with uh, Brunson, you know that Vittori, he's going to think, all right, I'm going to take him down. I'm going to smother him. I'm going to smash him. I might even submit him. That's what Vittori is thinking. But... Uh, you know, he, Holland has got other faults, right? So, the trailblazer, Kevin Holland, he's 21 and 6. And, yeah, he's coming off that loss. I thought, which is, yeah, I mean, it wasn't great. Wasn't great, let's be honest, right? But he's, um, 
I mean, he's got a a lot of victories, old Holland, right? And the crazy thing was, um, you know, I mean, the the four he pulled off, no, sorry, five he pulled off in twenty twenty. You know what I mean? And they were all very good opponents, and all post, you know, the lockdown. Right when the UFC came back in May, that's how he rolled up all of them victories. And I think the big thing with Holland is that he's finished people, so there is definitely that, right? So Vittori cannot be reckless, cannot be reckless because Holland has shown he can turn your lights out. He can turn your lights out, people. And here's the thing, right? Yes, the Brunson fight was horrible. Was horrible. And it did seem that Holland hadn't shown up. You know, he was too chatty. He just seemed too content with staying on his back without actually doing anything to stand. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. So he's been saying, you know what I mean? Gonna talk less this time Gonna be more focused Right, so I think that Is very telling Because I believe Holland Although, you know He said after the event He ain't here for titles He's here to have fun He's here to fight, make money Have fun Now, we've heard those words before Derek Lewis said Exactly the same thing after he's lost to uh, Daniel Cormier You know It's just like hey Didn't really want the belt But he was offered a lot of money And he was here to get paid Right but We've seen a difference right We've seen Derek Lewis who has Changed things up He lost weight He wants that title And I think the same is with Kevin Holland He ain't too when you, no one likes to lose, people. No one likes to lose. So you're gonna tell yourself, "Hey, well, obviously, I only lost because." I mean, I only lost because, right? And I don't care about the belt. It's whatever, man. I'm here to make money. But deep down, he doesn't just want to make money. He wants the belt. You mean? He wants the belt. Otherwise, you wouldn't be there. You wouldn't be there. Yeah, and he knows that was a bad situation. He trains over Travis Luter. So do you really think Travis Luter is going to be like, all right, yeah, we're, we're going to let that slide? No. Luda knows because Luda's been there. Luda, you know, he missed weight against Anderson Silva. Didn't have a great show. So he knows what that's like. And he, you can guarantee he's going to ensure that Holland doesn't get into that same situation again. Now, he may lose, but we're not going to see him lose in the same fashion. So I feel with Holland, he comes in with nothing, nothing to lose with this fight. Took it on short notice. Took it on short notice. Has recently fought a five-round fight. So I think a lot of people feel he's going to lose this fight. Right, so he can just go out there, be a bit loose. You know what I mean? And there is a big thing five rounds with Brunson, and at no point 
did Brunson look like he was going to finish Holland? Which, pff, you know what I mean? That's big. And when the fight finished, Holland didn't have a mark on his face, right? So I think Holland is going to come in renewed. I think he's going to come in focused. And if Vittori underestimates him, I think Holland's going to get the win. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I'm going with the underdog here, people. I think Kevin Holland has all the skills to win the fight. And remember, as mentioned, right, Vittori, he went five rounds with Jack Hermanson, didn't stop that fight. Didn't stop the fight. Right? Holland has stopped fights. So, I mean, it is going to be a little embarrassment, right? He's going to come in with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's going to want to make amends. And, uh, yeah, I think he can. So, we're going to say Kevin Holland for the win. Kevin Holland for the win. And people, I am so looking forward to this card. Woo! It's going to be an early start, people. I cannot wait. All right, people, we've reached that time again. So let's take a look and see what's happening in the fight world. Well, next Friday, the 16th, it's Bellator 257. And um, on that card, Pedro Cavallo will be fighting JJ Wilson. And also... Um, Judy Bud, <laughs> Judy Bud is fighting um, Dana Silver, right? Now, that fight was mentioned that it was taking place this Friday. It is not. No, 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 no. That is next Friday on the 16th, okay? So, um, yeah, also, let's go, yeah, fuck it, we might as well just jump in on um, the next card So, Bellator 259, which takes place on the 21st of May Syed Awad will be fighting Nate Andrews So, yes, that is taking place, people Now, on the 8th of May, right, a lot of people had been wondering what's next for Neil Magny, you know, because he was all set to fight, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of my man's name, god damn it, I can't think of his name, but he was then pulled to fight Leon Edwards, then he got COVID, and yeah, Magny was up in the air, right, but, Magni has a big fight coming Because on the 8th of May He will be stepping in there with Jeff Neal And you know Hands of Steel will want to course correct After the Stephen Wonderboy fight So that is Oh that is interesting people Then on the 17th of July Amir Albazi will be fighting um, Ode Osborne. That's a good little clash right there. And the following week, 
Oh, we have two big fights, right? So Aspen Ladd will be returning from injury to fight Macy Chazon and people. Miranda Maverick, she just, you know what I mean, got another good win in the UFC with um, a victory over Gillian Robertson. And on the 24th of July, yo, she wanted a big fight. Now, it's not huge in the contender, but it is also up against a other. You know what I mean? Young cat looking to make moves. Miranda Maverick is fighting Macy Barber, people. Yes. Macy Barber, who wanted to be the youngest UFC champion. If she really wants that shit, she's got to beat Miranda Maverick and people. Miranda Maverick ain't gonna play. So, oh, I cannot wait for that. But people, that's it. We are done, so we will be back on Friday to look at all the news. Um, until then, people, enjoy. I think there's a one card happening today or tomorrow. I don't know. This shit is so confusing. But um, yeah, Demetrius Johnson is fighting. So people, keep your eyes on that. But yes, until Friday, people. Hussa! Uh, 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 uh,